Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Right. Hello, Matt. Hang on. You yeah. okay? Yeah, doing good. You're sitting further away from me today. Feels like a big moment, doesn't it? <laughs> Where we were kind of be ourselves without leaning into a mic because we're trying out these new mics, aren't we? <laughs> thank you to... Well, I don't know if you want to name drop, so I'll not mention this game, but thank you to the person who um, kindly gave us some cash so we could get yeah. better quality. Well, not actually... The, 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 the Yeti's been good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just means we have to sit really close to each other. Yeah, yeah, but it's much of this breath, and it's not nice. Yeah, that's yeah. coffee. So we've got these other little microphones that we can be a little bit further from so each other. We're sitting comfortably, but you look like you're going splunking at the moment <laughs> because of the place. <laughs> I don't know we won't elaborate. I don't know what splunking is. <laughs> really? No. Like um, like cave, oh, rebelling right. down in the cave. Oh, okay, right. yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. fair, yeah. Not very cultured, are you? <laughs> So segue and into Colossians then? Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to uh, spelunk down and <laughs> spelunk, spelunk word? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to descend down into the truths of Colossians. Oh, there you go. There it is. Rooted and grounded in Christ. Yeah. 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 Deeper and deeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but last time out, um, we're in Colossians, of course, and we saw that Christ in chapter one mainly is the preeminent, supreme, authoritative um, creator and risen redeemer. Uh, the Christ that we looked at last time out um, has given us forgiveness in his blood. He's translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love, and he's added us to his body with him as the head. And because of all of who he is and because of all that he's done for us, our mo- motivation should be to, to strive to emulate how graciously he he deals with us mm. um, and emulate that in the lives of people around us. Yeah, in the how we treat other people. Yeah. yeah. So so it shouldn't just be something where it's like, man, look how Christ has loved us, but it should be something that prompts us to be like, look how Christ has loved us and now I'm going to treat so-and-so. Yeah, like Christ. it's the highest motivation, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So so we're meant to knit, according, according to chapter two, the beginning of chapter two, which we'll kind of maybe touch on again a little bit, but we're, we're meant to knit ourselves to other Christ, Christ followers, um, sharing the resurrection life that he's given me with the resurrection life that he's given my brothers and my sisters. So essentially, we're gonna we're just gonna look at these uh, following verses and and see that everything that Paul says at this point is about Christ. And and, and the first thing he says is Christ instead of philosophy. And uh, and just just in kind of from verse four onward, he really deals with philosophy and, and legalism and things like that. We'll get that. But verse number four. Um, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Yeah. So, so he's he's giving a warning, and he gives a couple more warnings here in in just a moment. But um, persuasive words, you know, you know, philosophy, someone who can wax eloquently, someone who can say things that sound right. But he says, don't let anyone deceive you through persuasive words, and it can sound really persuasive at times. You can be listening to someone and be like, you know what, I almost see where they're coming from, but then. The Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, the gospel, you know, and you, and you're brought back. But, um, but yeah, it, it can be very persuasive. And I think in in this context, there was everything between uh, Gnosticism um, and and different philosophies floating around. Uh, you need this higher knowledge, and you need a little bit more than Christ—not just Christ, but 
it's higher knowledge and eventually led to like angel worship and things like that. Um, but he said, you know, don't, don't be taken in by that. So just as, as he goes on in verse number six, can you read that one? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in verse seven, sorry, rooted up and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. So he's like, listen, you've been rooted as deep as you can possibly have to go. So Gnosticism is calling them to go deeper, mm-hmm. to look for that, that, that higher knowledge. And he's like, no, 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 you, you've been rooted and built up in the deepest root you could possibly have, mm-hmm. which is Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go deeper and you can't go higher. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. And then verse eight, he goes on and he gives a couple more warnings, but he says, um, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. So again, he's, he's talking about this, this idea of, of Christ above philosophy. Talks about according to the tradition of men. So even though Gnosticism and these other uh, philosophies were a part of the culture around them, he's like cling to Christ and Christ alone. And he he actually um, delves pretty deeply into that in verses nine and ten. Can you read that? Uh, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him. He is the head of all principality and power. Mm-hmm. There's clear and beautiful statements of gospel identity like weaved into all of this, received in Christ the Lord in verse number six, rooted and built up in him, verse number seven. Now this is this is one of the most vivid gospel identity statements in all of the New Testament. You are complete in him. In other words, don't need the world's pervasive word, persuasive words. You don't need the world's philosophy. You don't need the unbelieving world's um, traditions. You're yeah, leading or like other religious demands and religious persuasive things, and what other religious people can offer you that the local church can't offer you as well. You know, Absolutely. we we were down in London there preaching, and there was a guy at the church afterwards. He said uh, he was from a he was from a denomination in the past. It was like a cult, and their whole their whole mantra was like, "We are the only church in the world that has it right." You know, and um, I've been part of churches like that before. So, but they, they, this was like the world. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a cultic movement. You know. Right. And uh, yeah, we're the only church in the world that has it right. Like a little little movement within, oh, okay. you know, global. Yeah. And it's just like, man, that's you know, you have to be with us to get the truth. And it's like, no, if you have Christ, you've got it. So, mm. and that, yeah, and but but he says you're you're complete, mm. meaning completely, completely whole. Um, and and you know, if if you read that word in other places as well, um, we're we're not just talking about like um complete and fulfilled like we're talking about fully fully equipped all of our extremities fully intact and functioning you're com- you're complete in christ you have absolutely everything in christ that you could possibly need so he moves on and he says christ instead of legalism it's not just christ instead of philosophy but christ instead of legalism in verse number 11 again it starts with that, that phrase I, I love this term just in him you know mm-hmm. in him you're you're circumcised um and we won't we won't get into to all of that, but um, the the requirements of the Old Testament were no longer subject to the requirements of the ceremonial law of Moses. Circumcision um, was but an outward sign of something that would be fulfilled in Christ. Uh, so, so it's non-binding on the life of the believer, uh, of the new covenant believer. And, and ver- verse 16 tells us the extent of it, right? He says, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. So dietary requirements, teetotal Nazarite vows, 
um, festivals, including Passover and even Pentecost, those Jewish festivals, and, and even what day you commit to resting as a Sabbath. All these are non-binding to those who are free in Christ. Do that. Who are complete in Christ. Yep. And so you don't let anyone judge you in it. If you want to do it, yeah, crack on, but don't let it. If you're, you're free in Christ for those things, so don't, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't need that yeah. in your life to be fulfilled because Christ fulfills you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ fulfilled the heart and original intent of these things. So, uh, and the requirements mentioned in, in verse six and 16 and 17 is a hindrance to gospel community. Can you, can you speak into that just a little bit? Yeah. Um, cause you're judging your brother or sister rather than building them up, you know, or you're forcing them to live a way that they're free from and taking them away from that. And so you're, you're not loving and serving and building up your brother. Judgment means you're tearing down. Mm. Um, and so if everyone's judging everyone based on that, all this stuff that we're not, that we're not free from, yeah. then that's not a gospel community anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I guess in practice, it's trying to take the completeness of Christ away from the individual. And that, that's legalism and mm-hmm. by very, de- very definition, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. that freedom and that completeness away. Um, yeah, and verse number 19 just talks about holding fast to the head with whom all the body, that's every single person, yeah. nourished. And as we saw in, in verse number two of, of chapter two, a knit together, or, or was it verse four? A knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. So Christ being the head mm-hmm. completes us. Yeah. And we all, we grow together, it says, nourished and knit together. Yeah. So yeah, if, if I'm doing verse 16, judging, or uh, if I'm doing verse 18, cheating people uh, with with legalistic demands, with, with uh, you know, this false humility, it says, mm. then I'm actually, it says in verse 19, I'm not folding, holding fast to the head mm. and driving people away from the head. Not and good. so we're not actually growing and knit together, nourishing together and growing mm. that increase that only comes from the heart. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that analogy that's given in, in 1 Corinthians, isn't it, where, um, you know, like not everyone's an eye, not everyone's an ear. So, so everyone's like some particular functioning body part, but whenever we, um, whenever we judge one another in food, drink, Sabbaths, festivals, um, then it's almost like there's a blood clot in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, we're not functioning properly. There's some type of blockage mm. that's keeping us from really functioning the way that we ought to. But as we're connected to Christ and the freedom and completeness that there is in serving Christ and serving one another, um, we're not going to be judging each other. Mm. And when we do, it's a hinder, just like a blockage, so to speak. But I don't know if that analogy works, but I'm going to run with it. <laughs> so it's just rooted and grounded in him, built up in him. So all of it comes from the head. It's like a, a body trying to function without a brain. Mm. But once we're connected to Christ and we're complete in him, um, it, we, have, we have a different mode of operation, don't we, as, as a gospel community. Uh, then we get into chapter three um, and... We immediately begin with gospel identity in verse number one. So just just begin to so, you know, there's this there's these false ways to live the Christian life. So there's the Gnostic, deeper knowledge. Um, there's the legalistic, more things to add on to your Christian life that aren't true. Um, there's the asceticism of denying yeah. of the flesh and stuff like that. So there's all these things that that many people in, in Colossae and in today are convinced that's what makes me truly mature. If you follow the flow of the argument, Paul says, not only are you not are you not going to grow, but actually you're hindering the growth of your brothers and sisters in Christ if you start demanding them in those things. Yeah. So you might look really holy to us because you're 
your your aesthetic and you're not doing any of these <clears throat> these things and you're really religious mm. but paul says that that's not actually how you grow so yeah. that's not actually maturity yeah. and then as we flick over to chapter three paul the question that left us then is that, so then what does it look like mm. to live a mature christian life what what is that and then we get into the chapter three stuff and we find to our surprise it's back to the one another's good stuff man yeah yeah says if then in verse number one if then you were raised with christ and that's that's a beautiful statement of identity right there raised with christ um because remember we're, we're dead with christ aren't we but we're raised with christ as well seek those things which are above and then verse number uh two talks about setting your mind on things above not on things in the earth verse three for you died and your life is hidden with christ and god mm-hmm. so like when god sees me when god the father sees me all that he sees is god the son Mm. I'm hidden in him. Mm. All of my brokenness, all of my sin that would separate me from God under normal circumstances is not only taken away. And and, and so so here's here's what I love about justification. Um people often try to like make some like nice little um like s- slogan out of the word like um justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Mm. Um, but it actually goes a step farther. The actual doctrine's justification is that God sees me just as if I was never a sinner mm. to begin with. Mm. Like I'm, I'm hidden in Christ. Yeah, it's good. Which is, which is wonderful. So, so he says in verse number, um, verse number five. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. So die to these things, right? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And he, he's like. This is what the sons of disobedience does. Um, you were once that, but you're not anymore. So put off anger, wrath, mm-hmm. malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Don't don't partake in that stuff. So the, so the Christian who's angry needs to repent. The one who's full of wrath and malice, the person who's full of blasphemy and filthy language. Yeah, there, there's repentance and exactly. and, and, and all of this because that's not fitting for the Christian life anymore. So. Yeah. And that's where verse nine immediately goes. He starts by saying, do not lie to one another. So you've got all of these like do nots, right? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, idolatry. You've got uh, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, and now lying, being, being deceitful. And he says, here's why you don't do those things. You've put off the old man with mm-hmm. his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. Um. And the really, really important thing here is, what is it that's fueling our repentance? That that's a really good question, and it, I love that it says it doesn't say put on the put on the new man. It says you have put on the yeah. new man. That's that's grace. Like exactly. it's, it, it has been put on you by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the thing that drives me to the to live the new life that Christ calls me to is all of we've looked like. I mean, as these commands, what we're going to see as these commands keep coming out in chapter three, Paul keeps lacing them with the gospel. Like he keeps mm. threading the gospel through mm. every single thing that he says here in this chapter. That's great, man. Yeah. So, so what's, what's fueling it? Um, well, the remainder of chapter, uh, verse number 10, it's re- renewed in knowledge according to the image of him mm-hmm. who created him. Yeah. So again, it goes back to gospel identity stuff, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is, mm-hmm. which is great. And of course, knowledge would be another one of those benefits. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, guiding us into Christ likeness. Yeah. Um, An intimate experiential knowledge of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what Paul's doing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
and and then we, we get into uh, this, this statement at the end of verse number 11 without giving too much of the context. We, he just said, Christ is all and in all. Yeah. Christ is all and in all. And that's why we treat one another. So are we, are we getting into one another stuff? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. verse nine, yeah. do not lie to one another because two reasons. Number one, you're, the new man is now in you. Mm-hmm. And number two, so is every other person who's trusted Jesus. Yeah. So like, yeah. you're going to not lie anymore. Yeah because you've been made new but you're also going to not lie to your brother or sister in christ because they are made new mm. and there's no more division anymore in verse 11 christ is all and he's in all so if i'm lying to my brother in christ i'm lying to a person christ dwells in mm. um and so that statement covers like private and communal mm-hmm. so christ is all to you personally mm. but he's in all he's in all your brothers and sisters exactly so yeah. treat them how do you treat your brother and sister as if Christ is all to you and is in them? Mm-hmm. Well, for the first one is verse nine, do not lie to one another. Yeah. And and lying just, you know, some people are like, oh, I, I didn't lie, but I kind of said, I said things in a way that would lead them to believe something that isn't actually true. That's yeah. still a lie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's still deceit. If, you're, if your motivation is to leave someone deceived or not knowing what's true you might not have said the lie yeah. but you've lied you yeah. know if i treat you in such a way that you walk away from me thinking one thing that isn't true but i didn't actually say the lie mm. i've still lied the opposite so, of truth is a lie yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah but yeah and and but i think when when we when we treat each other that way we're treating each other with the respect and um integrity that we mimic from christ that we see in christ yeah um, and then that leads to verse number 12, where, where we get to a couple other one another's here. Mm-hmm. He says, therefore, and, and again, he, he's, he's talking about Christ is all and in all. Yeah. Therefore, because you're in you and because Christ is indwelling these people. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. As elect, and here's some gospel community stuff for you. Yeah. I mean, we won't yeah. get too much. Just riddled through, yeah. Elect, holy, beloved, man, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's who I am in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he says, put on, and here's, here's some benefits of being connected to Christ, um, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, suffering. In other words, don't, don't be, um, involved in fornication uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. Don't, um, don't be involved in the anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language toward one another. Don't be lying to one another. Here's how you treat one another. Yeah. So that's the negative. Yeah. So what? What's the positive? What's the flip side? I am. I meant to live just neutral and just not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. Just, just coexist isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. The tender mercies. Right. Kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, and 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 I asked in in our, our our Bible study last week, kind of, um, how would you describe those particular attributes there? And someone immediately said, "Fruit of the spirit." It's the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And it is. Yep. So, um, so the fruit of the spirit, as we've said before, is Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. It's attributes of Christ Himself, characteristics of Christ Himself. I think is probably a more accurate way to say it. So, the Holy Spirit is producing Christ likeness, like in us and through us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he and and that leads into the one another's here. So, therefore, put on these things, mm-hmm. bearing with one another. Yeah. So, so what is it? What's the so bearing with one another is the command, but what's the flavor of it? The flavor of bearing with one another is verse 12. Yeah. So I bear with you in a tender, kind, humble, meek, and long-suffering way. Mm. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so 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 bearing with one another. We talked about how there's a twofold, there's a twofold use of, of the word bearing in scripture. Um, a lot of times in, in the gospel, 
in the uh, gospel community stuff and the one and others, we've seen a lot of times it's um, like supporting to, to, to prop up, but there's also usages, um, and, and you brought this out, is um, there are usages of, of bearing with one another in our weaknesses and in, in yeah. our flaws. Yeah. Um, kind of like Jesus. You gave an example of Jesus earlier, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's a few passages in the Gospels where Christ, that, that part where Christ says, how must how much longer must I bear with you? You know, the, the unbelief of that nation, that, that that generation. So yeah, there's a there's a supporting aspect of bearing, but there's also a, a putting up with or a tolerating aspect. Mm-hmm. But what's important is verse 13 is not its own. So I tolerate my, my, my brother's weakness, mm-hmm. but I do it with the flavor of verse 12. Yeah. Right? So I don't just tolerate. It sounds so ugly. I tolerate. I know. Yeah. But it sounds ugly if you don't have verse 12 flavoring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. verse 13 sand us no that's good yeah and this this, this word bearing um also having the application of propping up um you know i immediately think about the weaker brother in corinthians um the one who needs a bit of extra support we're supposed mm. to give additional honor and additional help and additional care to people who are, who are weaker mm. and, and and sometimes when it comes to bearing with one another when in gospel community, it's it's very difficult if, if, if it's not gospel community. When it comes to someone who's difficult to deal with, mm. someone who requires a bit more time, a bit more effort, man, the flesh wants to give up. Yeah. And leave yep. that person in the dust. Absolutely. Let's all move on without that person. Yeah. But gospel community is like no man left behind. Yeah, man. That's good. Um, but but he immediately goes into uh, an, another one another, which is connected in many ways, mm-hmm. forgiving one another. Yeah. So I tolerate you, mm-hmm. but that the idea of me having to tolerate you means that you're you're hard to deal with. Yeah. Which also probably implies that you're doing things that are hurtful. Yeah. Um, and wrong towards yeah. me. So I bear with you, and I also forgive you. Yeah. So so we bear and we forgive. Um, in the midst of the quirks. Mm-hmm. In the midst of the shortcomings, mm-hmm. in the midst of the personality clashes, um, but there's there's um, there's like a measure of our bearing and our forgiveness given in the following words: If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so like, how do I do this? Well, the, the flavor of it: tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. But the measure of it is even as Christ forgave you. That's good, man. And and I, f- I feel like if you've, if on, on the day you've really meditated on the fact that Christ has forgiven me of my mess this day. So if you've, if you're like, oh, I got saved when I was five and I no longer think about the gospel. <laughs> right? yeah. But if you're like, man, yesterday I blew it with this and that and that. And yet I woke up this morning and, and the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness to me. Yeah. And then you start treating people in light of that. Then when when their foibles and their weaknesses and their shortcomings come up against you, then you're able to have a much more gospel infused yeah. um, reaction towards them. You know, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. Mm. And what does forgetting the gospel look like? Well, it looks like many things that run the different places for your identity and your righteousness, whatever. But it also looks like when my brother sins against me, mm. not having a tender tenderly merciful kind humble meek long-suffering bearing and forgiveness towards him yeah so if you if you're living that way if you're if you're not bearing your brother or sister whether it's your wife or someone in church or whatever in the flavor of verse 12 and you're not forgiven as christ then the answer to that is meditate on christ's character 
as verse 12 describes it and his forgiveness in verse yeah. 13. Yeah. And if you fill your heart with that for like an hour or two, mm-hmm. it may be that Christ will <laughs> help you show Absolutely. that to that yeah. person who's difficult. Yeah. And I know that, I know the what would Jesus do thing gets overused. And if it's not the Holy Spirit producing that Christ likeness in us, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. But what would, how would Jesus treat this person? Yeah. Um, how would Jesus react in this pressure situation? Uh, verse verse 14 mentions the word love, bond of perfection. That's that perfection of like the bond of perfection. So it's mm-hmm. that perfectly uniting, perfectly love. uniting us together yeah. is, love. yeah, put on love. That's good. Above all these, put on love. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Verse verse 15 mentions the peace of God. So he says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And that's not that peace of like a calm disposition. No, no, no. That's peace. In the in the body, which verse fifteen goes on to say, you recall in the one body. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah. that peace of God ruling my heart is. Other verses talk about the peace when I'm worried and things are difficult in my life, but this peace here is mm-hmm. amongst my brothers and sisters, the church family. Well, that's really good. Um, so verse verse sixteen uh, mentions another gospel identity principle: let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the only reason that the word of Christ can dwell in us richly, um. Is, is because Christ dwells in us. Dwells in us, yeah. Um, so let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Okay, so this sounds like a personal principle until we read on. And wisdom is one of those benefits, right? But um, he says, here's here's what it looks like to dwell, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another mm-hmm. in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace, another benefit, in your heart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and giving thanks to uh, God the Father through him. So teaching and admonishing one another. The, the principle here is, I, I really believe this, when if we're letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly, that's a call back to gospel identity. Teaching and admonishing one another is preaching the gospel to one another in different ways. Mm. So whether that's telling you that Christ is enough for the particular situation you're going through, whether that's calling someone to repentance and restoration, whether that's singing a song to one another and telling someone in the congregation that God is faithful, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's what it looks like to um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yeah, that how do you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Once again, it's not an individualistic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Verse 16 goes on to say, teaching and remonishing one another. Mm-hmm. So. That's very good. And, and this this approach should be something that we, we strive to practice regularly among each other. Um, but with, with all the emphasis on one another in the church, the question is, um, we, we won't look at it majorly, but does that mean that I have um, you know a, a free pass on how I treat people outside of the church? Mm. And then just looking ahead to chapter chapter four, verses, uh, verse number, number six, um, he talks about letting your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, uh, that you may know how you ought to answer uh, each other. The problem is with verse six is like we think of salty speech today as like, oh, she was salty. Like she was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nasty and yeah. negative and like I was harsh, but that's not what it means. Come on. Yeah, like like savory, something flavorable, something yeah. you want to. I was delicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They spoke to me in a delicious way. The <laughs> <laughs> words were delicious. Uh, our, our gospel identity is something that affects every facet of our lives. Both in the church, in my community, uh, when, when when I'm in the church building, when I'm in the doctor's office. Um, uh, that that being said, it's 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 never less profound than when it occurs in a community of others 
striving for and experiencing the same. Yeah. Um, so just kind of, cause we need to make a conclusion here. I've gone too long. Um, Christ is the complete one mm-hmm. eternally blessedly existing in his sovereign deity. And that's just who he is. A- and we are all in him as the body of Christ. Th- therefore we're complete in him and experience all the blessings of being in him and experiencing the benefits of being connected to our God and Savior enables us uh, to experience the benefits of a body connected to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we yield to the to Christ's work in us, the Holy Spirit's trying to do that, uh, we will speak truthfully to one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and teaching and admonishing one another. Mm-hmm. And just as we delight in being complete in Christ as an individual, we can marvel uh, at the miracle of being complete in Him Mm-hmm. as a body so I know we're concluding I just want to very quickly so I'm tired I've had a long day I'm distracted um, I'm hurting I'm vulnerable church meeting is you know let's say it's Wednesday night um, or I've fallen at Victoria or I'm feeling sinful I'm feeling wretched I'm feeling ugly um, so my response is I'm just going to stay at home tonight yeah. Um but what we're seeing here in Colossians and through all these epistles so far, especially Colossians 2.2, 2, when I'm feeling that way, I'm actually feeling like I really don't want to go. Mm. That's probably when I most need to go. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. that's what I really need to be lifted up. I need to be encouraged. I need to be pointed to Christ. And that's not going to happen according to what we're reading in Colossians. It's not going to happen with you on your own. Uh, it'll happen within that church community. So actually the moments where you're feeling least desirous to go are probably the moments that you need to go the most. The most. Like I need this. That like that that lack of desire is actually the indication that there's a real there's a real issue that and the answer to that issue is go to the go to the gathering and be pointed to Jesus. So, yeah. And and this is the really strange thing. A lot of times I've I found that whenever I'm feeling like exactly how you said just now. Yeah. And and I go, not only is my soul fed, but there's so many times when I've thought about not going or, or, or try to find a way out of being at some some gospel event or some church event or some gathering or some function or, or something that God's used me in someone else's life as well. Absolutely, I've had a conversation yeah, with someone who's been like, I'm so glad that I talked to you. Yeah. And they're fed by your being there. And th- the thing is like, as pastors, we don't really have the luxury to say, I think I might not turn up today. Yeah. And Victoria's not too, like as the pastors, as the wife of the pastor, she's like, I don't really have the luxury to say I'm not going to show up. So that means that on our worst days, when we don't want to go, when we don't feel like going, when when everything's heavy and we're feeling not like just feeling low, and we have to go, every time when I've walked away, mm-hmm. I've been pointed to Christ and lifted mm-hmm. up. So I think I think the the modern individualistic mindset of like I'm not feeling it today, so I'm not going to turn up mm-hmm. is totally anti-gospel community, totally anti-gospel. Absolutely. Uh, in those moments, you need you actually need to be there more both for your own benefit and if we're looking at Colossians for the benefit of your brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. go there expecting to hear from Jesus and expecting to give Christ and his gospel mm-hmm. to others as well so and you'll be richly fed that's the that's the principle so yeah, yeah. see you on Wednesday night <laughs> see you Sunday see you Sunday night yeah uh, see you throughout the week and point one another to Jesus um, even when you're not feeling it because that's that's really what you need yeah so, and I know we're supposed to be I'm sorry but <laughs> But on on a very th- th- this this works on a big scale at the Bible study when there's twenty five thirty people there. Mm-hmm. But it works it works on a very small scale too. 
Yeah. So the, this this is not going to happen if we're not together. Yeah. So, so so for example, you might think that meeting up with someone for thirty minutes for a cup of coffee, or or something to that effect, is is pointless. Yeah. What could what could God possibly do for me or through me mm-hmm. in thirty minutes of meeting up with my brother and sister? And and what I'm proposing is even even if I'm pointed to the gospel one time in meeting with my brother and sister. And even if I'm able to point my brother and sister to Christ one time in the yeah. 30 minutes, it's been worth it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 making time for outside of the Sunday gatherings and outside of the, the corporate gatherings to be amongst one another, pointing one another, Jesus praying for one another, singing together, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need that and we need it more and more. And we're not there yet. Uh, but at our church, in the churches across the country, we're not there yet. We're, that's a... A, a deep reality and we need to keep working toward that too. yeah yeah good stuff man yeah cool thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast if you wish to get a hold of us you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram hey do you want to go get that okay That sounds great. Let's go.